We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, Hack It Out Golf Podcast time. Welcome back, everybody. Interesting episode today. We're going to be talking about the fastest way to improve your golf. What is the fastest way to improve your golf? A question coming from Adrian O'Sullivan um, via Twitter, actually. He said, what is the fastest way to reduce your handicap, equipment, lessons, stats, or fitness? The normal group, me, Lou, and Greg are going to chat it out. Welcome, guys. Um, you heard the question there. We're talking fastest way of reducing your handicap because every golfer obviously wants to reduce their handicap fast. I always like that, the fastest way. As if, like, because if, <laughs> if you think about it, if there was really a fastest, fastest way, we would all do it, wouldn't we? <laughs> I think <laughs> like, we have to take that What's box? the fastest yeah. way to get from A to B? You'll go from A to B. Yeah, well, I might go via C or even D. Well, why would you do that? Go a to I'd B. like to do this the slowest way and hardest way possible <laughs> at all times. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I like the way Adrian has given us some categories, some relatable categories that are talked about at the moment. So, And remember, so the key things here, it's the four categories, equipment, lessons, stats, and fitness. That's what we're addressing out of those categories. And the term fastest, I think, is the interesting one that we should really tackle. So um, before we explain our reasons, should we put them in order? I'm going to put my order out there and then you can put your order out there and we can see how our orders compare. And then we'll talk about why we put them in that order. So I'm going to put so if we're going fastest, I'm going to put stats as number one. Followed really closely by number two, and those two can switch because it'll be very player specific. Okay, so those two are like flicking around at the top subject to the person. But for lots of established golfers, stats, I see it time and time and time again. It is just the fastest way to just find low hanging fruit. Um, and I'm going to put fitness up there. And in effect, fitness also you could kind of put as number one because if you're not fit, can you even play golf? So it's defining what level of fitness they mean by that. But I'm going to put it in as third if we establish that we can all kind of breathe and get around a golf course and move our body in some fashion. Um, and equipment is last. And equipment is last by a long, long way for me. It's like quite a long way down the list. That's lessons? Was lessons in there? Yeah, sorry. So I had lessons and um, stats flicking of number one. So stats, right. established golfers who 
are playing and maybe done a few lessons, often stats is the quickest way. Uh, well, we'll talk about that more, why it flips. I, I think they flip subject to the human being that you're confronted with rather than we're obviously talking to all of the Hack It Out Golf podcast crew and whoever's picking up this podcast. Um, Lou, do you want to go second? What's your list? Um, order? What? Uh, I don't know if I could give them an order. I, I think my I think the order is, is going to be player dependent, right? How could you not be stats, 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 and stats? <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, stats is obviously not. I don't want to look too biased. There. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to look too biased. <laughs> Just be but, honest, uh, yeah. Just be honest. Stats is number one, number two, number Strong. three, and number yeah. four. None of the yeah. other things matters. As Just, long as you know the numbers, you're going to go out and break par Every single time you tee it up. Yeah, so stats is number one. What's number two? Did you say? Um, number two, I would, I would, my order would probably be uh, if we're trying to improve the quickest. I think I would have the same exact order as yours, which tells me I'm having some kind of an off day because that's going to be horribly <laughs> <This>. wrong. <laughs> So yeah. I apologize to all the listeners yeah, yeah. for this bad information. Yeah. Good one. Good one there, Lou. How far are you putting equipment down? Are you putting it as far down as I put it down or not? So I, I think it's I think it's pretty far down. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do, yeah. Um, Greg, let's hear your list. Um I would say it's it's obviously, you know, t- talking to the masses, it's it's definitely gonna be different than individual because we we've got uh, you know, if someone comes to you with a mashy then, yeah, you probably <laughs> need a new bit of equipment, um, and that would help very, very quickly. But as a general rule, I would say you have to know which one of these four you need the most and the most quickly. And most people would be stats. It'd be monitoring how you're playing and where you're missing um, and where you're going wrong. Uh, that would be my take. I'm very similar to you, and the same as you guys. Uh, I'd put lessons very close behind that, moving better, and then and again, they're all very married in a lot of ways too. Because if, yeah. if you get a lesson, yeah, I know. If you get a lesson and you can't move, you don't have the fitness and the ability to do what that coach wants you to do. You're, you're going to waste time. I've done that myself. Um, I just didn't have the ability to the range of motion to do what I was trying to do. Um, so I would go fitness third, and then yes, I'm falling in at equipment on the very bottom. Ironically, if you ask most people what they want to do, I guarantee you equipment pops in first. Equipment's popular. Right, go buy that new, go go buy that new driver. It's a quick and easy solution for a lot of people, even if it doesn't work. Yeah, equipment definitely is is well. The thing that's always funny with these. So let's do another list now before we come back to the points that you made because you made great points there, which I agree with. Rich is that they are so intertwined because if you think about. If you put lessons up there, well, doing lessons without stats, as I've learned over the years, can also be pointless, as pointless as buying equipment, because mm. you're trying to improve right. a certain position that then doesn't reflect out in any of their dispersion patterns or shot shapes or striking ability, and you're just working on pretty swings, which is also a massive problem that you find out there in the coaching world, so picking good coaches is tough. And you see people who are coaching themselves a bit. And I mean, in this world of, and I've always struggled with this, and obviously I'm biased. So I spend quite a lot of my life dedicated to learning about the golf swing, okay? Learning from the best minds I could get in front of, constantly trying to push myself, learn, share what, you know, I learn with my audience and put my head on the block. Like, I've learned this. This is what people are saying. This is really how it works compared to this. 
in the world at the minute where you can go on certain, you know, social media platforms and Jim Bob's giving lessons, you know, Jim Bob down the road who's just seen a golf club once is saying, this is the best way to play a par three. And this is, the, and they do it and it's just horrendous information. It's so challenging for people to get the right lessons out there. So stats and lessons are so intertwined now as well, which I agree with. So, but back to the, my second sub question if we think about marketing budgets out of those in the golf realm, now put them in order of marketing budgets in relationship to what Greg said there about the equipment being high up on the list for lots of uh, golfers who want a new club kind of thing. So I'll do my list. Number one, equipment. <laughs> no one spends more money than them on advertising and getting their message yes. out. Um, number two, oh, in other professions, it would be fitness. Golf's just coming along. Like people like Mike Carroll are really understanding that you can make good money by selling great information in that realm. Because obviously, fitness on as a whole on places like YouTube and Instagram, they're massive accounts. Like they're big, you know, big messages. Where in golf, it's still quite small because obviously we're a middle-aged, aging population that generally plays, so it doesn't sell as well. So it's equipment by one by a mile, and then stats a tiny bit stats is basically two companies and Lou (laughs) (laughs) all the important people that's the marketing budget mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market like two companies, right. Shotscope, Arcos, and Lou. <laughs> it's kind of about it. Um, fitness, I think, will be a massive boom in the next few years, and there'll be plenty of marketing and big businesses out there trying to sell their fitness ideas around golf. Um, so that's why I think the order gets jumbled for the audience because the marketing budgets, marketing works. Marketing just works. They're spending so much money getting their message out there, and guess what they're doing? They're getting their message out there. And their message is we promote, you know, better game, longer, uh, faster ball speeds, longer drives, straighter shots, la di da di da di da So I think that's what's interesting. If you look at the marketing budgets, that's why that question's even a question because people will get a bit confused because they're being told other things. Do you think that's fair? Does that, is that a fair point? Oh, for me, it is absolutely. Like it's uh, whoever spends the most money wins sometimes, right? Yeah. And uh yeah, and I would put it in order of, uh, the, again, the same, uh, lessons at two. Like the people who are selling lessons are doing a good job of promoting that, certainly now with all the platforms we have, like you talk about. Um, maybe not selling lessons, but selling information. The budget is um, low on that, though. It's very cottage industry stuff. It's very yes. low budget. Like it's True. individuals often who are just going, yes. hey, I've got something to say. That's what I mean. It's, yes. If, if the golf pro world could get together and raise the budget that the marketing world has in equipment just think of the competition you'd have now it would be massive it would be a massive yes. battle for people yeah, dollars i think the i think the fitness side uh, and the and the data and stats side is going to see uh, continued growth um, to be honest the fitness side 
I think we're now entering, finally entering a phase where people through TPI or, you know, you talk about Mike Carroll, I've got my trainer. There's people now trying to figure out how golfers specifically need to move and yeah. what they need versus what used to happen. You, I Honestly, I remember when I was a kid growing up, don't lift weights, you'll get too big and strong oh, or yeah, you get too yeah. big. Yeah. You lose mobility. Um, then someone else would say, no, you've got to stretch less. You've got to stretch more. There was so much confusion in our sport about what do you actually need yeah. um, and where do you need to be strong and, and faster and, and have mobility. So that has just, that's going through the roof right now and there's a lot of growing markets in that you can see. And um, so that'll be, I think that'll surplus, you know, overtake um, and pro- not be number one. It will never beat the people who, you know, in the billion dollar industry, but certainly get to number two in the near future. Yeah. And it'll, again, it'll pair up so much more with lessons, which it already is, as you've hinted there as well. Like you've tried to do things that you couldn't do in your swing because you just physically maybe couldn't get there. Having a better awareness of fitness and how different movements are being generated. I just think of my swing catalyst force plate that lets me look inside. It's like an x-ray machine into how people are using the ground and the way people use the ground is related to so many things their mobility, their fitness, the size of their feet, the shoes they wear, to the loft that they try to deliver. Like there's so many things that you see which link back to fitness. You know, I I clearly saw with my force plate that if I was going to get to the speeds that I want to get to, and I don't I don't know if I've posted this week on Twitter. I I I just I hit 170. This isn't for you, Lou. You can mute this bit if you want. I hit 170 ball speed this week. And isn't I, this a, I can't remember. I thought I this posted. was an auto post you put out every Monday now. <laughs> you don't need to listen to this come on you don't 109 nice club head speed and you just need lou to has embraced it, it a new cl- a new nickname for you too with short field i, I do like short that field. <laughs> yeah yeah um so let's go back then to stats why are stats so good for fast improvement lou why do you think stats are so good for fast improvement I think we should go back to how short you hit the golf yeah. ball. And I like that. That's my favorite topic of all of our topics. Um, I, I think um, stats plays a role for a lot of people. One, I don't think many people know their stats or track their stats, have no idea um, where they are good and where they are poor. And I, I think, you know, I, I originally started to answer this question by saying it's so hard to pick one. It's player dependent. There's so much interdependency between all of these categories where I think stats can help drive what you practice on and maybe what you're working on in your lessons or with your teacher. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what, and that's one of the roles that I think stats play is understanding your game and where you are and where you should focus your effort um, to try to improve quickly. Um, and, and that's one thing that people typically, you know, they, they want to do is they want to improve as fast as possible. They're, in making big changes um, to your swing, which is what most of us amateurs need to do. You know, we're not, we don't swing the club like you two guys. Um, and so we typically need to make bigger changes and those bigger changes, they don't come overnight. They come with a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of time. It's, there's no quick fix. And tomorrow morning you wake up and everything's just is perfect. So they all work together, but stats can help you drive where you focus that effort. You know, typically to be a better player, you need to be a better ball striker. But I can go in the Arcos data and I can find plenty of, you know, 10 handicaps that, you know, that have ball striking like they're fours or five handicaps and they have, 
horrible short games and they're horrible putters. Um, and for them, trying to get better at ball striking is going to be a much taller climb than than trying than than learning how to putt just like a ten handicap. You know, they're currently they putt like a twenty two handicap. Um, they, there's a lot of low hanging fruit there, likely for them. Um, so I, I think that's how I think of stats and how we can how we can use them. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'd pick up on that. I think that, again, that's why mine flipped at the beginning between stats and lessons, because you can you really do lessons without stats is a real question. Um, just to pick yeah. up on something that you said there as well, though, Lou, there are no simple fixes, you know, for swing fixes, no quick fixes. Where that is often true, that's also not true in the sense that you, as when you teach long enough, you do get some students that are just, they're able people, but they're just getting it so wrong. It, it literally is a tweak of a grip, a tweak of a wrist angle, a tweak of an idea or, or concept. And, you know, you shift the needle, like it, they come back and they, you know, they've played three rounds and they've got cut four shots like in that week. Like you do have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing that happens to them is that then they do it their plateau and then they level and that's where the grind begins. So you do have students that come and they literally are just uh, the most common example I'll give. And this is so common. And I would say 80 percent of people listening to this pod do this when you measure amateurs with irons. OK, on a launch monitor. They, in the masses, deliver more dynamic loft that's on the club. So the dynamic loft of the club is 30. They go and hit the ball with 34 degrees. No so good golfers explain, do that. No good golfers just, do that. All right. It, like, like I'm a fifth grader. Um, it, in 20 seconds or less, explain what dynamic loft is. Because there's a lot of people that just heard that. And they're like, I have no idea what that means. So dynamic loft is the loft at impact delivery point. Okay. So good players de-loft. So if I have a 30 degree iron, I'm going to be hitting that with around 22 degrees of loft when I strike it, taking loft off, maxing distance, controlling launch windows, controlling spin. So I get the same number each time. Amateurs as a whole on the masses, it's shocking when you measure it. They're constantly adding loft. So you go and get someone who's got quite good management of face, quite good management of path so they can hit the ball relatively straight. But they're in a seven iron like they hit their nine iron. So they're hitting a seven iron and turning the dynamic loft when they hit the ball into more loft. You go and get them to decrease the angle of that loft at delivery. You've now got them in a seven iron, a distance of seven iron that goes. So they're now a club and a half almost longer to two clubs longer. Two clubs longer, they hit more greens. They are hitting, they are, if they keep their direction in there, they're longer, they've got less club in, they're just going to be more successful. That was, that was way more than 20 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I gave you 20. <laughs> so uh, where I agree with you, and, I, and that's why I think they flick, you do have certain students that are literally just, they've got it completely wrong. They, you know, they've got a, a club face wrong on the backswing, which creates a certain curvature they don't want. You tell them to move their wrist angle in a certain way. So the way they move their wrist and they hit a draw and they're like, I haven't, I've been to hundreds of lessons and I've never hit a draw and you've got them hitting a draw in two lessons. They go out and play, their dispersion's tighter because they don't lose that one off to the right. They're longer because they're creating less dynamic loft again. So that moving the face that way tends to take a bit of loft off. And you do, you have a big shift. They come back and they're four shots down, they're two shots down, they've six shots off their handicap. They do so, that. Uh, little... Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Quick update. Um, as we were talking here, so seven minutes ago, I posted this question out to Twitter as a poll just to, to oh, get lovely. some live feedback on this. Excellent. What is the fastest way to reduce your handicap, equipment, lessons, stats, fitness? We're 702 votes into it so far, and Lessons is leading the way at 73%. Second? Um, um, second is Stats at 12.7. Fitness is at 12. Equipment's at 2.8. Okay, so Equipment's it, at the bottom of the you list. You should be highly offended by that, Lou, that and people my, who follow you haven't seen yeah, Stats, number one. Sons, uh, <laughs> Why are they But my buddy... <laughs> One of my Twitter buddies here, who I've, I've traded tons of messages with, messages with over the last few years, uh, Pete's Pete's, um, his response in a comment was Mulligans. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the fastest shots. way to yeah. reduce your handicap. Yeah. So basically, the Twitter oh, audience yeah. there is close. To, they've got equipment down at the bottom near us, which is great. Yeah. So the advertising yep. dollars obviously aren't working as hard as they are, or they are working hard and people are just happy to buy bright, shiny new things, which I get as well, which they are, because they just want something new. So they're not thinking it improves them, they're doing it. They're, maybe they're using it improves as the green light to justify buying it. <laughs> you see what I mean? If you, Here we go. If you spend yep. 500 quid, you've got to justify that to yourself and other people, haven't you? So you then go, oh, but... He'll make me play better, and then I won't be grumpy at the weekend. It like justifies. It's like it Greg, how do you think this? Better. How do you think uh, tour pros would would answer this? Because because you're getting better is very different than a you know a twelve handicap getting down to a five. Like you're you're mm. shaving off fractions. Mm. So how would you answer it if you could only pick from these yeah. four? And I saw what you posted there recently today. I think about the difference between success and failure on the PGA Tour, and it's very and like your numbers said, it's very very small. Yeah. Um, so I would think uh, stats would be number one across the board uh, yeah. for 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 most. Obviously, what, we're what talking they to the masses. Answer or what we think they should answer? Because I don't think they. I would think answer I think that, most would guys would say, "Well, the, a lot of the young guys are doing it." So, but okay. guys, I, you know, I can only reflect on my age bracket, yeah. which aren't or hadn't, and probably, and and I can tell you that. I know right now, based on my performance from last week, I played in a tournament last week, I know right now what I need to work on. Yeah. I know exactly just by looking at my stats. I knew I was happy with a lot of things. There's a couple of things that one thing I saw and I'm like, that can't happen and that's why I, I failed. And it's uh, and it's a fine line. It's a very fine line. So I would say stats. I don't see um, changing equipment when we do it, but it doesn't really has, you know, an actual massive effect. Um, um, I sad to say, if, you know, even though they'll say, hey, look, at like I just saw a post ping talking about how many times they've won with a new drive already. That's great. That's wonderful. Um, I could argue that they might have won just with the, the previous model. But anyway, um, so it's it's definitely – in the fitness piece, everyone's getting massively better at that. So I think it's definitely – and lessons – we're playing week in, week out. The swings – most guys that, um, that I play with, comes down to how well they control the, the path and the delivery is usually pretty decent. Yeah. Um, it's how they control the face. So it comes down to knowing what to spend time on to gain those quarter of a shot around or, you know, that adds up to a one whole shot for the week or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be stats for me. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because 
when I've spoken to the tour fitters, they the common pattern that they see, and this one always makes me giggle. Start of the year when the product is released, people try it because they're contracted and because they're interested. They want to know what's going on. The, the manufacturers that supply the, com- the equipment are also keen to get their players in the latest stuff. So there is an element of let's see this, they call it, on tour. But really they're selling it to the tour pros because they want, you know, they want Greg using the latest thing because that's better for them. What happens through the year, they say, is then goes quite quiet when everyone's got their equipment. You have the few regulars who want to change. Then when it gets near the end of the year, what group of people, what group of tour pros are the ones searching for clubs when it gets near the end of the year, do you reckon? What group is it? <laughs> Trying to keep their job? Yeah, it's the ones <laughs> who are struggling to keep their car. Yeah. They're the ones that are in each week looking for a different shaft, looking for a different head, Mm. looking for a a hot mount to move the centre of gravity. They're the ones that panic search, and often they're the ones that fall off that year. You know, they just drop it. Done it. Yeah. It doesn't shift the needle. It just doesn't shift it for them. It's like a panic. No, definitely definitely the 34 Nike drivers I've used in a 32-event season was not my finest moment of preparation. I'll give you that. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, definitely um, I think, you know, most pros – now, with the access we have to all the information we have, if, if you're not studying stats, it's very, very difficult to, you know, because you end up with an emotional choice on, yeah. on what you need to work on. And invariably, you know, people tend to practice what they're good at. Yeah. Um, and they rarely want to work on or lean towards their weaknesses as much as at least that's what I've seen in my career. And do you reckon that's different on the PJ Tour, the European Tour? So my um, interaction with European Tour players when it comes to stats has been quite negative. So I've even had, I've asked them if I could look at their stats and there's a couple that have shown me their stats. They don't actually collect stats. They have, so on the European Tour, and it might right. have changed, the GP World Tour, this was done... Probably just after COVID. I can't remember when it was done because time's all a bit funny in it nowadays. Um, But basically, you have a base level of stats, which is how many putts per round, how many fairways hit, how many greens in regulation you hit, like stuff that you can't, like it doesn't really delve anywhere deep enough to tell you anything. And then you had to pay for the deeper level. So those stats are being collected, but you have to pay to get them. And the guys I spoke to didn't pay. They gave me, they let me look at their stats saying they collected stats. And I thought, well, you don't collect stats because that, that's not stats. Not right. And, yeah. You guys, obviously, on the PJ Tour get access to Shotlink, I presume. So you, you've got it all yes. done for you. So do you reckon that is different European Tour to PJ Tour? I mean, obviously, you don't know. I, just look, and it could be, the, you know, not to dive too much into it, there could be somewhat of a cultural thing here in the United States. And Lou, you can speak to this even better than I can. Our sporting nature over here or sporting world is engulfed in stats yeah. in, in terms of what you pick on any sport at all. And here's a 10% chance he's going to do this. And, and so when that kind of evolved in golf, I think people were much very open to it. Yeah. Um, gambling, it helps as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and we're going to see the elevation of that in the future, I'd imagine. Um, certainly in some areas. And you see it, I think, over on your way, Mark, in some of the some of the games and things that, you know, gambling is pretty heavy on uh, in some of the countries over there. So, sorry, over in Australia as well. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's definitely – uh, the ease of finding it, like I don't have to pay for it. Yeah, you've just got, um, I just, it. You've got I just click on a link and go, yeah. there it is, Greg Thomas. Here's and where you file and here's where you, yeah. You're getting some of the best stats in the world, aren't you? I mean, Shotlink, Lou, is, as stats collection goes, is pretty good, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's great. 
Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. It is, it is interesting. There's, there are sometimes, because we have the leaderboards out there, there are sometimes it'll say, Greg Chalmers, I remember one time I saw this stat, Greg Chalmers is, you know, 100 from 100 from three feet this year. I think I missed two or three. It was like, but it was just interesting that, you know, I looked up and I'm going, no, I'm not. I'm definitely not. But so, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not, it's, it's definitely got enough numbers to be good. But certainly, I mean, they're not all right, I imagine. But I hate to say that in front of Lou, but sometimes they're not but all maybe, right. Maybe you were like but, yeah. three foot two inches and that's falling outside yeah. of you. You're well, calling that three foot possibly. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to use that line. Lou's got too much data. Yeah. I just don't see too yeah, much like, data. Well, you too do much not data. hit a ball see that with a calculator, do you? That's <laughs> yeah, now I'm been, loving that one. That's now <laughs> been proven. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so just relating back to some other points that we've kind of both made, how important are stats for lessons then? So I, at the top, I'm flicking them very close to each other. I don't really do many lessons now without stats. I'm just not interested in only swing chat anymore. I just think it can be so destructive for a student to get lost in that rabbit hole. I need the student to be telling me stuff that they can either back up with stats. So my driving is rubbish and it does this. Well, can you show me? Um, or they give me access to some stats that they've collected so I can go in and see what I think they're doing and then ask them what they think they interpret the data as. So how important do we think stats are for lessons in the current era and going forwards? I think, it, sorry, Lou, it, it, I'm getting... I'm getting people reaching out to me based on the keeping their own stats. Yeah. Like, cause you know, I teach online putting um, and I've had people, here's my stats and here's why I suck and please help me. Yeah. Um, so yes, there's, I think it's, it's massive. Like there's a lot of people now who are understanding the concept that where am I weak and, and I need to log this and, and collect this data and then I'll be able to work better and, and, you know, capture those shots that, uh, that'll make me a better player. So yeah. And as a coach, um, you know, depending on the market you're in, I've noticed it'd be great. I know a lot of the members at my club, I don't know if any of them keep stats. You know, like they just go play golf three days a week. And, yeah. you know, you talk to a lot of my my dad's friends, they don't keep stats. They're 78. Like it's yeah, just, yeah. you know, who can drink a beer? Yeah. So They keep those yeah, stats. So, yeah, they've got that. How many beers did you have? Yeah, these, oh, he's got a solid <laughs> list of those. That's great. They have a good time. Anyway, but yeah, that, yeah, it's definitely something as a coach, all the technology that's available these days, if you're serious about your coaching, you need to be embracing that and getting your students embracing that to help them improve quickly and easily. Yeah, yeah. Lou, I mean, I'm, I know you're going to say the same because obviously it's in your business, but it, it, I mean, you use data to help you improve on many levels from your launch data, which is stats, to your on-course data, don't you? Yeah, I think that's an important point to make and it's what I was going to start with is... I think there are some amazing feedback devices out there you can use when practicing or giving lessons. And I think those, those help out a lot as, as opposed to, you know, the, the old days of a teacher standing behind you and just kind of sizing you up and saying, they think you're doing this, they think you're doing that. Yeah. You know, now you can, you can measure so many things in incredible detail and incredible accuracy and get some great information and, you know, used in the right way, that information can be, um, extremely effective. And I'll give just a personal example. When I started back on my swing changes, um, uh, boy, almost a year ago now, one of the very first things that Jason uh, had me do, my instructor, Jason Giesbrecht, was 
um, I stood there with a 60 degree wedge and I was hitting 50 to 60 yard shots. And all I was trying to do was keep the launch angle under 30 degrees. It's all he wanted me to do was do that. And, and it was, um, just that alone had a really big impact on my movement. Um, so as I started to add a little bit of speed to that and still kept that launch down low, in order for me to effectively do that, we don't have to get into the details of it because you both understand what this is. I had to make some really fundamental changes to how it was moving to make that happen and make it happen effectively. And when I saw the before and after on video of what I started as and then what I ended up as just from that one simple drill it was incredible. And he ne- never one time said, I want you to do this. I want you to get more to your left side. I want you to, he, there was no position yep. instruction at all. It was simply take the 60 degree wedge and launch it under 30 degrees. And when you get good at doing it with 50 yard shots, now do 60 yard shots, now do 70 yard shots, now build up to full swing. Um, and, and then when I saw the results of that to, you know, what my swing quote unquote looked like, it was incredible. And all of that was driven by the numbers. Yeah. All of that was driven by hitting a ball and looking and seeing what the vertical launch angle was. Um, and then doing things like um, you know hitting a ball and then guessing what it was going to be before I looked at what the number was. Um, and it was uh, a great feedback loop, which I think is what stats can, they can play that role, either your on-course stats and your performance or when you're working, trying to get better and you're getting feedback from some device. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for people listening... That, that sounds like, Mark, can I interrupt yeah, you? Sorry, but that sounds like in, in, intent matters. Like you change your intent, your intention, your intention yeah. to hit, keep that ball down yep. and that affect how you move. And, and I think a lot of people can learn from that. Like you control the club, you move it. Yeah. And if it's 12 degrees left or you're adding like, you know, whatever you're doing, Goof around and change your intent and see if you can change that movement just by by looking at those numbers and, and, and experimenting a little bit. That's very good. Yeah, intent's everything. I mean, I used to, every, to every lesson constantly, your stock lesson when you teach full-time is just slicer after slicer after slicer to such a point where you get someone who works it and you think, oh, hang on, <laughs> I haven't done one of these for five <laughs> days. Bear with. Uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Because you're just like, where's that come from? Uh, but you just, you know, you watch your average golfer, they're just losing it off to the right, too much loft, losing it off to the right, losing it off to the right. And they're starting it straight and to the right and it moves. You just put something to the right of them and try and watch them yes. figure out. Don't say anything. You just put something, anything to the right of that ball or online slightly to the right. So they've got to start it in a different direction or put something to the left of them. So they got to start it down the right and then work it out to bring it back. Like the intent is everything before the movement starts. Mm. There's intent again with my swing catalyst force plate. They've changed the graphs now where you can see way before the club starts and you watch the way players move before they even move. The club shows the intent of what they're going to do even before they've taken that club back. So you can see the way they start pushing in the ground, the way they shuffle their feet. So if you watch me, I'm someone who's, step in very heavy left to right i'm literally 100 left 100 right 100 left because i'm really winding up to try and get speed i never started like that when my intent was built purely on hitting arrow shots i would have been much more static and then all of a sudden i want to hit as straight as i can but i want it to go further now i'm like properly getting ready to like go um intent is everything and, and intent is so interesting because intent can also be 
related to stats because I know lots of people get scared by stats. You know, there'll be golfers like your dad who's like, don't, they don't want to keep stats. You don't even have to keep stats to allow them to help you understand how to be better. You just need to understand and it's it's um, lose um, trademark um, expression on Twitter with manage your expectations. If you've got ridiculous expectations, which so many amateurs have, the intent's ridiculous. It's just not there. Your your intent is to hit it within six foot from 100 yards every time. Well, what's the point in playing? You're going to lose that game. You're going to lose. So why enter that game? Mm. Make the intent more realistic. The expectation needs to be more realistic. And then you can work the intent around some proper expectations. So you can do some basic stat things, even without having to have the panic of collecting stats by just being a little bit more aware of what your bracket of player does and, you follow people like Lou and other people out there who drop some great little information that allows you to understand, you know, how many free putts you allow per round if you want to play to a certain handicap. How many greens in regulation is fair for you to hit off certain demographics of handicap? How close should you be chipping it? How many eight-foot putts should you actually hold? Those kind of things can help you go to a lesson with some intent. Well, I only. Hold. I think you you should you should take your own advice because you're never going to be a long driver of the golf ball. So take your own <laughs> advice. Stop posting these videos with with your with your speed, um, oh, and, and that's in air quotes. Tell you what, ever since Lou started his working out, right? It's, it's so like, cute. And it's he started always, his workout program. He's ready to rumble. It's, he's got it's, some endorphins. It's cutting in deep <laughs> inside him, isn't it? He hates it. He hates it because uh, he's now down to his one oh five club or whatever it's something oh maybe 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 and he's 98 these days yeah, I think. exactly and he sees these 170 ball speeds from the gun show and he's like oh come on i can't <laughs> yeah smith and wesson have come out and des and troy awesome <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. So uh, I yeah. think we're pretty gonna, to watch. I, I don't think our opinion on the order. I think our opinion of order is quite similar, isn't it? I think it's stats and lessons maybe flicking, and then it goes to fitness. And fitness can even become number one sometimes for certain people. I think the thing we all agree with is it is player specific. Um, yeah. I reckon if we threw the net down, you would capture more people with stats than you would with lessons for speed for for the fast improvement. Is that fair? I reckon, you know, if you just chuck the net over a million golfers, you're going to get more that can learn quicker from stats. But it would be very close with lessons, fitness, and then equipment. Just, you know, make sure your equipment's not crazy. But I'll give you an update on the poll. I mean, yeah, the poll, where we, are, we're up to, uh, I don't know, 2,500 responses now. So it's uh, three and a half X what it was before. We're still less than 74%. Equipment's at, uh, or, or no, so lesson 74. Stats are in third now. Fitness is second at 12. Stats are third at 10.4. And equipment is last at 3.7. See, that's interesting, so, isn't it? It's interpretation of those <clears throat> words, though, isn't it? Because obviously from the vote, how many of those people are just interpreting it not the way we are? So uh, stats and lessons are the same thing. They're the same thing. Even separating them these days. I think is ridiculous. Even equipment isn't separated for me for lessons, strictly speaking. I've said this for years. Like my, if you come to me and all I have to do is give you an offset iron and you achieve the launch windows and everything we want, I'm going to give you an offset iron. Like, why would I not? Why, why would I not make you better? I'm a coach. I'm trying to make you better. So really, all of them should fall if you're going to a good coach. Under one umbrella, in my 
opinion. They kind of are all one thing, isn't it? But yeah. I think I think people are interpreting stats. I'm guessing from your uh, poll there, Lou. You know, as counting every shark, really going deep down into stats, which I just think scares a lot of people, and they they think they know yeah. their own game because. If you're going for lessons with someone who isn't using some idea of stats, even if they don't tell you, because they will be, won't they? If I, if you come for me for a lesson, Lou, and you say you want to play off scratch, okay, and you're patting it out there at 180 yards off the tee or whatever you're patting it out there, I'm going to go, well, this is a str- – I'm using stats to say, well, you're not in the demographic. You're way below on that demographic you want to be in, so we right. need to get the other bits higher – so you can stay patting it down at 180 on the fly when you catch a nice one, you know. <laughs> oh, twice now. You said that twice, Lou. This is, Lou. The, most, yeah, this is the most passive-aggressive attack Lou, I think I've <laughs> ever like... done. Like it was just coming out as normal and you are both just all like nodding. Yeah, I know. Lou's just starting to accept it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But do you see what I mean? Do you see what I mean? That's, stats should be being used in every lesson because they are. I'm using them if you're hitting – a seven iron and it's got a standard deviation left and right of 40 yards, I'm going to think, well, that's not very good for the ability you're saying you want to play to. So I know. Can we, we can, we, we can play, you use the um, same software I do on GC quad that I use on. Yeah. 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 We we can play against each other. Can't we? We could online. Yeah. Let's do (laughs) that. We can do a long drive competition. We, we can do a long drive competition online. Oh, we can do we that. Go. Let's do that. We can do that. We'll yeah, do that. I mean, not right video. now. Right now. <laughs> I'm driving there right now. Ready? It's like the night and I'm ready. I'm warm. No. <laughs> I would just lose. Walk, I let would me just lose. walk back here and hit a couple. <laughs> I need a few. I need a few months. And I got to find somebody that looks like me that swings a lot faster that you won't know the difference. So <laughs> They don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. You're a unicorn, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we need to do this. We, we will do, do this. that. We will do yeah. that. I like that idea. So fast improvements. End of the day, there are some fast improvements, but it's a long haul trip as well. Because stats is a long haul trip. Lessons can be a long haul trip. Um, fitness definitely is a long haul trip because that plateaus out far too early. So just go and buy new equipment because you could do that tomorrow and then you're done. <laughs> so maybe it is equipment. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you want to see me and Lou thrash it out inside, hitting it on GC Quad and GC3, that's something we could do. And maybe Greg could he could he could be the adjudicator, Greg, or something. <laughs> oh, you don't. I don't even get an invite. Foul I, ball. I, I, no, I'm ready. you've posted a one seven two. I I can't get there, so you're not playing. <laughs> I'm playing against Lou. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you in the next podcast.